Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Welcome in, Monday edition, Three Dudes with a View. It's a rainy day, folks. It looks like it's going to rain all week. So there you go. Welcome to December and all that. Yeah. Uh, my name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, how you doing? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, world. It's rainy out there. Man, you don't know how glad I am that I'm retired from the teleco. It used to be a cringing, packed week when we had this kind of weather when I was working out there because we were dealing with copper lines and people would have outages after outages after out, you know. But uh, now they got fiber optics and things are much better. And now the supervisors could really sleep in. <laughs> all right. Well, I've, you know, I've not ever been in that business at all, but I suspect that it's a, you know, climbing up a, a utility pole, telephone pole on a bright, sunny, uh, clear day is one thing, but climbing up one of those poles at night when it's lightning and thundering and the wind's blowing is entirely another thing, would be my guess. Our ice and snowstorm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Regular special guest dude on Monday, Carrie Powers. How are you? Excellent. Happy Monday. Hey, on what you were saying, let's shout out to our local CPWS. Um, I think they do a good job. Yeah, I agree, yep. Carrie. Yep. The good folks, they do a good job, but uh, it's a big job. Uh, more so, I think, you know, I, I, I'm somewhat acquainted with what they do. And, uh, it, it's it's a big big thing, big deal. A lot. Yeah, of I've been led to believe they do a lot of preventative maintenance though to keep um, things trimmed so that we are less likely to have a long-standing power outage. My freshman year in college, Memphis had a terrible ice storm, and my family was without power for over two weeks. And I've been led to believe that our house is a little more in order here. Yeah, I asked a lot of, of questions because we leave a pool open all winter. So if I lost power, the pool would freeze. So in asking those questions, I was let, I, I'm under the impression that we do a little bit better, better than a lot better than average in keeping our house in order with things off power lines here. So good job, CPWS. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that's I, I think you're probably right, Carrie. Yeah, Mr. York, what do you think? I think that that's a good idea. You know, they do a good job keeping the maintenance, and it does help when you have bad weather uh, because if you've got freeing lines or some kind of problem in good weather, you're definitely going to see it when the bad weather hits. So they're doing a good job keeping the power up. Unlike, uh, you know, sometimes all you do, uh, there was a situation, I think, in North Carolina where somebody shot up a substation and put people out of power uh, yesterday or, or this morning sometime. Yeah, I've never heard of that before, and uh, 
Uh, yes, they get they shot up two substations. Mr. York is, according to what I read, and about forty forty five thousand people are without power probably until Thursday, according to Duquesne. Yeah, yeah. That's, course, that's bad news with the weather uh, changing. You know, the temperature getting lower. Of course, the liberal media is already speculating that uh, some conservative did it uh, because they had a, a drag show nearby somewhere. Uh, without any evidence whatsoever. I mean, the, but it's a national security problem, no doubt, according to your governor. Uh, shooting up power stations, yes. No drag drag shows. Oh, my <laughs> governor <laughs> says that. Yeah, Governor Lee said that. It, it's it's a national security issue. You know, there's a couple of legislative bills going on on the floor that they're gonna deal with stopping drag shows and and um transgender affirming care and stuff like that and uh oh, governor lee said it's a national security problem you know but they don't have any problem now, with, with uh, is anybody they say else? it's grooming kids it's grooming kids to be uh with, with gay tendencies and stuff but nobody talks about the the girls that uh dance in front of or gyrate in front of thousands and thousands of kids at the titan game and they having booty shorts on and stuff like that that's not grooming anybody you know oh good well happy has anybody heard of governor lee saying that uh, i mean drag shows are as much a national security problem as uh vanilla ice cream you know i mean <laughs> what what uh what, what, I don't it, know what planet he's on, Delk. I'm well, like you. I don't know what Mr. planet York, he's on. Well, first of all, though, I just I have not heard or read or had anybody say to me, Clayton, have you heard I, I, Governor I, Lee say anything about drag shows? I have not, and that would really surprise me, just because that would be one of the craziest things that he could say. I mean, I just well, I, it, I, it it is the craziest thing that he's ever said, though. Mister York is saying it. Did CNN tell you that? Or I no, mean, that was on the Tennessee News. Carrie, have you heard anything like this? I haven't, but I do have another comment on this whole statement. Okay, so, Mister York, sit tight. Sorry, but like the I've the divide here. Like, is Governor Lee not your governor? Or is our president only your president, not my president, too? Like, this is why there's, I mean, we talk about on the show polarization all the time. But your governor? Well, he's your governor, too. The president is your party, but he's my president, too. So well, I didn't say he wasn't my governor, Carrie. Well, I just said I mean, Governor Lee. With, you know, your governor. When he does something wrong, I mean, I can say lots of things about the president. But, I mean, again, like... I just miss the days where, you know, you win, you lose. Sometimes they're your team. Sometimes they're the other team. But everyone looks at everything so polarized. Well, that's true. But, I mean, I just I have a hard time believing that Bill Lee, Governor Bill Lee, actually said that. I'm Googling Um, it now. But it's, you know. I'm not finding it. Clayton, you're you're looking on there. I'm looking at right now. Yes, I mean, Mister, you reading the Tennessee and Mister York? Is that they've probably said that? Um, it, it was on. It was on a uh, on on some. I think on the news that he was saying it was a national security issue, like the television news. Yeah, Town Four, I think. Okay, I've got Carrie and Clayton both. Uh, the together. Tennessee GOP files build a ban drag performances in public spaces. 
Jack Johnson, who we saw speak a couple of weeks ago. Right, right, right. Uh, introduced legislation to prohibit drag entertainers from performing on public property or at private functions where their performance may be viewed by a minor. Uh, but that's just a bill that he's put forward. I don't see anything. Carrie, um, you got anything? Yeah, I don't see anything with, with Billy's approval. He comments. It was on the site called Newsbreak. Well, that's part of the problem is your news says one thing and my news says another. That's another part of our division. But that is so true. The world I mean, that we live in. I mean, I have not heard, uh, to my knowledge, I haven't heard Bill Lee weigh in on any kind of, uh, you know, gender issues. He's been heavily involved in, in gender affirming and legislation that's that's supposed to be pending as well, if the well, legislator gets around to it. Gender affirming, it, it, as you call it, of minors uh, is a whole nother subject uh, and... Uh, I don't know if it's a national security issue, but it's uh, that's that's a whole that's a whole another subject in a separate category, and is a serious issue. Uh, drag shows or not? <laughs> you know? I mean, I see where Ron DeSantis in July filed a complaint against a Miami restaurant that hosted a drag brunch event uh, with children present citing a 1947 state Supreme Court ruling that men impersonating women in a suggestive and indecent fashion constitute a public constitutes oh, a public Lord. nuisance. Yeah, so I mean, I see DeSantis has gotten involved in that, but I don't see anything about Bill Lee. Oh, Lord. I mean, these kind of things. No, you're right, Carrie. These kind of things just needlessly divide us. Um, now, the, the yeah, what? Well, something I've observed, you know, having t- kids in high school is the number of kids that are exploring, you know, oh, I was a girl, now I'm a boy. Well, now they're girls again. So it's, you know, as time goes on, I'm kind of witnessing, like, it, it was kind of a hot topic. I may be losing some of its steam. Now, I do believe there's some people that are genuinely transgender, and that's a whole different thing. But, you know, it's it has been interesting to me to see how many have flip-flopped, how many children have chosen right. to flip-flop. Right, and that's why the state has a legitimate interest in uh surgeries or procedures permanent surgeries permanent surgeries and procedures with regard to minors uh the the state has definitely an interest and the state has always anything i say the state tennessee or any other state uh their traditional one of their traditional roles is the protection of minors um so that's that's a whole nother issue uh but uh, drag shows, <laughs> gee whiz, people. Let's 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 move on. Oh, yeah, we got a million and some people that's living in poverty in Tennessee, and that's that's their priority. This Johnson guy trying to push a bill against drag shows and stuff like that—that's a priority for the legislature. So, where are our priorities? Well, you know, Mister York, I'm I'm about halfway in there with you. I I, I do like Jack Johnson, and I uh, think he's a, a good public servant, but. Uh, um, and in his drag, bill, drag shows, are, uh, no. His bill would prohibit drag entertainers from performing on public property or at private functions where their performance may be viewed by a minor. So, 
You know, that's uh, that, that's the language of his bill. I don't think an eight year old knows the difference between a drag queen and Big Bird. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but like I say, Clayton, they don't have any problem stopping all uh, the wearing of the booty shorts at Titans games and all the gyrating going on in front of thousands of kids. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Johnson's bill would also amend the state law preventing adult oriented businesses like strip clubs from operating within a thousand feet of schools, public parks, or places of worship to include uh, adult cabaret performances, including those of exotic dancers uh, and male or female impersonators. So, well, that's a more traditional type. Yeah, you know. All right, so there, there, there's that. That's a more traditional type prohibition. There, you know, the same kind of laws applies. I think to liquor stores and beer sales and whatnot. Correct. Yeah, Correct. yeah. All right, we are going to take a break here in just a minute, and I think the uh, the cold and the rain outside has got to sort of mellowed out in here. And well, I mean, I just. I don't think any of us thought we'd be talking about what we're talking about the first part of the show. But. Drag shows. No, that's, that wasn't what was on my mind. Uh, what was it, banning the Constitution? No, no, wouldn't, wouldn't want to do that, Mr. York. No. <laughs> Your fearless leader wants to. Which one? Trump. Oh, yeah. I, you know, he's gone off the reservation. That, uh, That's you what know, I think. I've been knowing that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I'm glad you're saying it. Good, I've been knowing he was yeah, off the reservation. Good, good, bad, or ugly. The election of 2020 is over. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mr. He's still reflecting on stuff in 2020, man. What What's going on? Well, you know, it is good. Can talk to your, anybody can talk to yourself. Anybody can do what, Carrie? Well, I mean, he can say whatever he wants. It's, I mean, who's choosing to continue to listen? Well, the, correct. But no, the the uh, the idea that the election of 2020 could be set aside now is just crazy town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, election, but now to look back and try to learn from the mistakes of 2020, there is, there is evidence, the indicia, evidence, uh, numbers that don't add up of widespread fraud. And we need to look at that going forward and try to make sure it doesn't happen again. All right, it let's might take a break. like the two electors in Arizona, though, <clears throat> they, they had no reason to try to hold up certifying an election, and the judge had to get involved to direct them to certify the election. Yeah, nope. Ms. I read about that, Ms. Short, but if you have these people on the election commission and they don't think the election should be certified and a court orders them to certify it, why even have the commissioners? You know, I mean, they, they are they because their attorney said they were doing things illegal. He wouldn't even represent them. Well, I mean, if the commissioners aren't allowed to vote, call it as they see it and the court's going to call it, why even have an election commission? But there was no reason, Delk. They had no I, it, verifiable it reason. It doesn't matter, Mr. York. You can't just make an arbitrary decision as a commissioner. Uh, Mr. York, I, I, don't, I, I beg to differ. If you have an honest belief that something is awry, then it's your responsibility to vote against certification. Uh, you know, might as well just disband the election commission. All right, let's take a break. Come back. Bye. 
Parks Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Right, 
We are back. Three dudes with a view. I have dude number three, Delk Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well, Delk. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Delk. Good morning, everybody. Regular special guest dude, uh, Carrie okay. Powers. Are you there? Oh, hold on. Okay. Um, oops. Yes. Sorry. 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 Multitasking. I'm here. All right. Good to have you. All right, folks. Um, we are going to talk about something a little different now uh, and go on a different course. <laughs> Callista Barberi is here with us. Uh, she is with Youth Villages of Tennessee. They are involved in providing foster care in West and Middle Tennessee. We and, actually cover the entire state, but I cover the South Central area. Okay, right. Southern Middle Tennessee, right here, right here, here amongst us. And foster care is a... Uh, private nonprofit yes correct but mm-hmm. you work usually with the juvenile courts <clears throat> where for one reason or the other uh, the court finds that a child is in a, in this case we mean you know uh, persons who are up to 18 years old yes uh, up to adulthood the court finds that a child uh, for whatever reason it may be a drug addiction situation with the parents uh or it may be a situation where the child is simply out of control, uh, committing crimes, what have you, what not. And the court finds that foster care is appropriate for some period of time. Yes. And that's where Youth Villages comes in to help. Yes. Um, they, the state, the kids come into state custody. We get that question a lot is where these kids are coming from. Every single child that we work with is in state custody and we contract with the state to provide therapeutic services. So we're in the home once a week with the families providing that service for sibling groups or for kids who need um, a little more extra support um, because they need counseling. So we provide that in-house so that the foster families don't have to take them anywhere else. Okay. And what you're here about today, Calissa, I think what you told me is that uh, y'all are always looking for people who might want to be a foster parent. Yes, we always, always need more foster parents in the area. Um, we have kids who um, sometimes end up on a cot in someone else's house because the foster parents um, are like, well, I have a cot. You can sleep in my living room. But that's not the ideal situation because we want them to feel like they are home. Um, and also, just as a plug, too, we have a Holiday Heroes program, which is kind of like the Angel Tree program, but you can sponsor a foster kid. And um, you can the, the deadline is today at 6 o'clock. Um, but you can always go online to um, youthvillages.org slash holidayheroes and donate to help um, pay for our kids who to have a Christmas, even if they come into custody after today. Okay. Now, uh, Calista, these foster parents you're looking for, um, would this help? You know, we've been hearing a whole lot lately about how uh, the Tennessee Department of Children's Services is overwhelmed and many times children uh who are in state custody are sleeping on the sofa in the dcs office somewhere so is youth villages a a part of the solution to that problem yes um we do get calls sometimes where they say hey we have a kid we don't know 
we don't have anywhere for him to stay tonight. And so we reach out to every single foster parent that we have, and we say, hey, we have this kid. He really, can he just stay at your house over the weekend, and then we're going to work over the weekend to find a more permanent placement? Because we sometimes have foster parents that say, we have younger kids, or we have, you know, special circumstances with, um, like, we both work full-time, so we're not able to take a child that needs supervision or needs a stay-at-home parent, Um, but we're going to be home on the weekend, so if we need a place for them to stay, we're more than able and willing to open up our home to kids. So sometimes even our foster parents who feel like they don't have a lot of availability can offer that respite care and say, I might be able to take a kid who doesn't need a ton of supervision full-time, but part-time I could take kids over the weekend that just need a place to stay. There you go. All right. Now, you're looking for more foster parents. What are the baseline qualifications for being a foster parent? With the state of Tennessee, because we're therapeutic care, you do have to be at least 25, um, and you do have to have some sort of home that has one room for the child. They can share a room if you have kids. There's, like, age requirements, um, but they have to have a room, like, with a door and a window and stuff like that, and you just have to, you don't have to be rich. You just have to make enough money to cover your bills. Like, we have to have a proof of income. So 25, cover your bills. Um, if you are in, you can be in a same-sex relationship, hetero relationship. It doesn't matter. We do have minimum, like, if you cohabitate, you have to live together for three years or be married for at least one because we're looking for some stability. Right. Um, but those are the very basics. You do have to pass a few background checks. We run all of those. We pay for fingerprints. Um, but as long as you can pass a background check and you have a heart for kids and you meet those minimum requirements, definitely give me a call. There you go. Now, do you, uh, does it have to be a couple, or can it be a single parent? It can be a single parent. Some of our um, really wonderful foster parents are single foster parents, um, and they uh, have a unique ability to pour into the lives of their kids. And a lot of them are work from home because they have some flexible schedules, um, and that gives them the ability to be home when the kids are on breaks and stuff. Um, but they definitely, um, some of them, I certified a social worker that worked with a different organization as a single parent, and she She's a really strong foster parent now. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, this is, um, you know, one of the things we've talked about before. Uh, you don't just uh, sign up and uh, and say, I want to be a foster parent. And then, you know, a week or two or three later, uh, Youth Village just calls. <laughs> we just yeah. drop a kid off at your yeah, door. No, I'm yeah, just we'll, kidding. We don't do that. <laughs> no. No. You give people uh, uh, training, if you will. Yes. Uh, okay. It's, How does um, that work? It's either we do them on the evenings or on the weekends to accommodate people's work schedules as much as possible. And it's between two and three months. And it's fairly intensive because we talk a lot about trauma. And so it's very trauma-informed care. And we talk about how kids come into care, what kinds of things they might have experienced before coming into care, and how that affects their behavior when they're in your home. And then after we talk about why they might be acting the way that they are, we give you tools to um, build relationships with these children and build good, solid attachments with them because that's what they need more than anything else. They just need somebody to pour love into their lives because they may not have had that stability and that consistency before they come into your home as a foster parent. And so we teach you how to work with kids and how to develop some understanding about why they may be acting that way. What's the trauma behind that and what are they trying to communicate, even if it's a weird behavior that they may have come up with? Because Sometimes kids, when they've experienced trauma, act 
differently. And so um, we just try to explain why they do that and then teach you, say, hey, if a kid, you know, maybe having a temper tantrum like a three-year-old, even though they're 12, that is a very common trauma response. And here's how to work with them to help them calm down and then teach them better coping skills and how to be a successful adult, which is really what foster care is all about, helping this child learn good um, to be in a safe, supportive environment and be as successful as they can wherever they end up going later in life. There you go. Now, you go through this school and you're given tools and tips on how to be a foster parent two to three months at school. Yes. And then um, that's how many days a week? It's either two days a week at night or a longer Saturday class. Okay. You've graduated from the school. Uh, You've qualified to be a foster parent. Then at that point, uh, you uh, you may get a foster uh, child or two, and uh, but do you just drop them off and say good luck? To them? <laughs> no, um, I joke about that with our families because we are total polar opposites of that. After I have like walked through and made sure that your home is safe and written up your home study, we hand that to our placement department and they look at what your ideal child is. Now we can't always like find a kid that fits your ideal profile, but we try to because we want to make sure that it's a good fit for you and a good fit for our foster kids. And so um, then once they're in the home with you, you'll get a call. Um, our placement department is wonderful. And they call and they say, hey, we have this child that they would give as much information as we possibly can. And you can say yes, or you can say no. And if you say no, you might get a call five minutes later about a different child that needs a home. But once you say yes, this child comes into your home and we are in your home. Um, our Youth Village's clinical staff, um, our foster care counselors are in there um, within 24 hours to make sure that you know what you're doing with your child like we talk about the safety planning we talk about everything that we know about the child we talk about what the plan is um now that you're in their home like what kind of routines might be good for this specific child depending on their age and their safety requirements and their behaviors that we know about them and then we're in the home at least once a week we have some kids who come that need really intensive counseling and we've been in there two or three times a week if it's really needed so we definitely don't leave you hanging and you have access to our staff 24 7 we have an on-call number where if you don't know how to handle a situation at two o'clock in the morning you could call us and we'll talk you through it and if we can't resolve the issue by talking through it we have staff that will drive out and help you oh wow okay folks uh there's a and talk a bit a, a little bit about uh the how uh foster parenting may have how you how you've seen it positively uh affect a a foster parent's life oh yeah um i i love talking about this because every now and then we get foster families who will reach out and they were really excited in the beginning and then they reach out and they were like i thought that I knew what I was getting myself into during your classes because I heard the stories and then I got to know the kids in care and it is they learn a lot about resilience because some of our foster parents have been in that situation themselves and they want to pass on um the the love that they had received growing up like maybe they lived in a foster family or they were adopted and they had one person that made that difference in their life and they said I 
can't believe that I have the opportunity to make that same difference, at least loving a child. Even if it's a difficult situation, they still know that they are making a difference because they got to experience that themselves. Um, and that's a really cool difference that we get to make. Because even if we don't have foster parents who are who have been in foster care themselves, um, we have all had somebody who made a big difference in our lives. And being able to pour that kind of love and positivity into a foster child, um, you know that you're making a difference um, in, in a child who really needs it. There you go. Mr. York, Carrie? Yeah. Did you say said, that, go ahead, go ahead. Carrie. No, I'll go next. You go. Okay. Uh, Clarissa, I wanted to know, uh, you know, it was reported a couple of weeks ago that there were 600 kids staying in uh, the DCS offices and they didn't have a place for them. Uh, have you all received kids from that DCS area uh, or DCS agency to help with the overload? Uh, I don't I don't know why they're not trying to provide housing for them in a decent manner, but uh, are you all receiving kids? Yes, I think every private organization, every public organization is working overtime to find homes for these kids because we want it to feel uh, as home-like as possible. We don't want kids sleeping in an office. And so we're definitely, every every organization that I know of is kind of working overtime and working together and pooling our resources as much as we can in our foster families, trying to not overtax our foster families as well because we want them to stay with us long-term. But saying, hey, can they just stay with you even for a weekend? We're definitely working to remedy the situation. Gary? Um, did you mention something that, um, I mean, if I wanted to support a child or a family at Christmas, there was a way to uh, to help out? Yes, did you that's, something? that's our Holiday Heroes program. Um, okay. If you go to youthvillages.org slash holiday heroes, um, there is a way to sponsor kids on there, um, either corporately or individually. And um, you can also just make a donation to help give kids Christmas who come into custody after today. Um, got it. So, yeah. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. Thanks okay. for asking. And, and I've got a question. You touched on it a minute ago, uh, Calissa, adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you've told us before, and, and I've worked in juvenile court, I mean, the goal is always to fix the problem yes. and return the child to his parent or parents or her parent or parents, uh, you know, whether it's drug addiction with the parents or something going on with the child, whatever. The goal at the end of the day uh, is a, to to remedy the problem right. and, and put the family back together. So that's, you know... Uh, but perhaps one of the hazards of foster parenting uh, in that this bond and love develops and then, you know, the child goes back to his or her parents. Absolutely. Uh, on the other hand, we should sometime, uh, sometime the situation cannot be remedied and an adoption situation might arise. Now, Calista should... Should people view foster parenting as a pathway to adoption? It's not harmful to view people to view it that way, um, it just shouldn't be the expectation. And so, like you said, the number one goal, we always want to honor that initial bond between um, kids and their biological parents and we always try to, we believe in second chances and we believe that kids do best with their families. Um, And we realize that that's not always possible. So, um, adoption can be a really beautiful thing. We just want to work on reunification first, but when it's not possible, offering that permanent home for a child um, who may not have a home to go back to 
can also be a really beautiful thing as well. All right, folks. Callista Barberi, Youth Villages, give us that website where people can go find out how to get in touch. Yeah. And if you go to um, youthvillages.org slash foster care, that's where you can find more about becoming a foster parent or a foster to adopt parent. There we go. Callista Barberi, Youth Villages. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thank you for having me. Let's take that break. We'll be back. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Merry Christmas from Tillis Jewelry. We know how busy the holidays can be, so for your convenience, we're extending store hours for the holidays. We will be open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Looking for that special gift? We have a wonderful selection that I'm sure you will find the perfect gift, from diamonds to gemstones or maybe even a gold necklace. Tillis Jewelry is owned and operated by Rick, customer designer, and Terry, registered gemologist, assuring you the best jewelry value and expert service. For the latest information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. Have you been injured in a car accident? Are you still in pain? Untreated whiplash injuries to the spine may lead to future conditions, such as neck pain, low back pain, and headaches. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating these conditions before they get worse. Our accident consultations are free. Call me, painfree.com, or call 615-551-9224. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater and make zero payments for 12 months. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. 
Hi, this is Julie Beck in Columbia, Tennessee. Join us for Center of Hope's annual New Year's Eve Mule Drop in historic downtown Columbia. Raise a toast to the new year with great music, fireworks, and confetti cannons full of wishes for the best new year ever. This event is free to the public. VIP tickets with proceeds to the Center of Hope are two for $130 or one for $70 and include party favors, finger foods, and two drink tickets in the Magnolia Room over Southern Tray Restaurants. Listen to the broadcast and join the party at the Magnolia Room or go out to watch the live events on the square. To get VIP tickets, go to TicketTaylor.com. The Center of Hope helps victims of domestic violence, rape, and stalking. Special thanks to our sponsors for making this possible, Baxter Family Management, Family Advantage Credit Union, Experience Murray, and more. We are back. Cold, rainy Monday edition of Three Dudes with a View. I'm dude number three, Delk Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well, Delk. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Delk. Good morning, everybody. And regular special guest dude, Kerry Powers. How are you doing? Excellent. Happy Monday. All right. Let's see. Clayton, Mr. York, Kerry, anybody got a bee in their bonnet about something? <laughs> you don't want to know, Del. You well, don't it's just know. another. It's a peace and love Monday morning, huh? Carrie, are, are you guys going to go to uh, to the Orange Bowl? I'm working on it. <clears throat> that, that's going to be a good matchup. That, it, that's a good game. Is this confirmed? Is yeah, it? it is confirmed. Tennessee and Clemson will play in the Orange Bowl on December the 30th. Okay. And uh, Al- Alabama will be in the Sugar Bowl December 31st against Kansas State. So, so is Alabama out of? They're the, out. Yeah, they're, the, out. The, they're out. Okay. All right. And and we we should talk about the Christmas parade, y'all. The Christmas parade in downtown Columbia was fantastic. There were thousands of people in the downtown. The lights, the sounds, uh, people just having fun. Santa lighting the tree. It was a big, big time. Moving it from a Monday to a Saturday, very smart. Yeah. Very, very smart. It was a big time. I, let's, Carrie, did y'all see the parade? I was in Louisville, Kentucky for a cheer competition, but I hated to miss. First Friday, the tree lighting, the parade. Like, Columbia's got it going on. Oh, I'm yeah. so proud to live in Columbia. I love it. I, I mean, it was just an electric atmosphere. People were happy. They were having a big time. It was gorgeous beautiful it was just fun i don't know calista did y'all see the parade i didn't um i uh was back in giles county for uh just hanging out by myself that night i got you okay and uh well it it was it was a big time um and i've done several christmas parades here at the station delk and i'm telling you i was expecting the thing to be to start and be done with in about 30 45 minutes because in the past that's that's about how long it's taken for the parade to go through. This thing lasted about an hour and 15 minutes. There was 106 or 7 entries into the parade. It was, in, it was incredible. I, I've never seen a bigger Columbia Mule Day, or I'm sorry, Christmas parade. 
This was the 32nd Christmas parade that Columbia's had. 32nd or 36th, one of the two. I'll have to confirm that. People seem to be in a festive uh, flavor of, of personality. You know, gas prices are low. Everybody's got a job, or two jobs, or three jobs if you want. The jobs report was 263000 on Friday, so... Everybody's, you know, things are a little expensive. Yeah, but everybody's got a job, and and they might be a little tight buying it, but they seem to be spending an awful lot of money, according to the economic uh, watchers. They're spending a lot of money because everything's so much more expensive, too. Y'all, I mean, he does the he does grocery shopping on this show. Like, I do, I do, I do, I do. It is a big difference. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a big difference. But you, if people have funds to buy what they want, they they complain and gripe, but they still buy it, and that's what I'm saying. The stores are are glowing with people shopping. Well, there are a well, lot of people that have a limited, you know, pie, and that pie's not going all the way around right well, now. Well, I think that's, one thing the parade illustrated, though, to Clayton's point. Is that I mean, COVID is over, over, and no, 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 Delk, it's not over. There There's was still a lot of people catching COVID, but was the uh, it's not as bad right as it was. Well, it, it's over in the sense that people are ready to come out and celebrate, not afraid to do it, and uh, that's what you could see Saturday night, and uh, and that's a good thing. Well, shout out for a great event in Columbia and that it gets better every year. Yeah, 36th. I checked. It was the 36th Christmas parade. So um, it's a lot. It's quite a Some few. Other, Clayton, when I, you know, when I was like 9 and 10 years old or 8, 9, 10, 7, 8, 9, back in the 60s, we had Christmas parades. A long time ago. Oh, really? Well, they're saying this is the 36th. Maybe they weren't keeping records back then. Who knows? I mean, I, I they didn't have pencil and paper back then. I clearly, yeah, I clearly remember the. Uh, <laughs> I clearly remember the the you know being right down there on West Seventh Street, uh, you know, holding my mother's hand and watching the Christmas parade. And boy, I still I can still remember the Carver Smith, which people don't know that was the we had segregated schools back then. That was the black high school here. But man, that band was a show, <laughs> and and the Pearl Cone Band would come down as well, and I would just be in awe. I mean, that, that was the best show ever. <laughs> you know, it was it was awesome. I mean, I, obviously it's not the thirty sixth consecutive, so maybe maybe we took a few years off here and there. I'm I'm not sure. Well, you know, they had COVID in nineteen, didn't nineteen and twenty? Did I, they have it? I think in twenty, they didn't have it in twenty. I don't go yeah. back that far, folks. You know, twenty, not nineteen twenty, Dell. We're not talking about nineteen twenty. I mean, I, 20, 20, 20, 20. I, I can go back to about you know sixty two, sixty three, little boy, first grade. Uh, all right, I have got here. There's been a lot of brouhaha and a lot of Republicans calling on the impeachment of um, uh, this fellow Mayorkas. Uh, I can't remember his first name, who is the Secretary of Homeland Security. And he's responsible for the border security, specifically along the Mexican border. He's in charge of ICE, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. He's in charge of the Border Patrol. Uh, a year ago, uh, Mayorkas issued a memo to all employees of the Department of uh, uh, Homeland Security. And he stated, 
more than 11 million undocumented or otherwise removable non-citizens in the United States, and that DHS does not have the resources to apprehend and seek the removal of every one of these non-citizens. He directed the agencies to exercise our discretion and determine whom to prioritize for immigration enforcement action. In exercising our discretion, this is Mayorkas, in a memo to employees, in exercising our discretion, we are guided by the fact that the majority of undocumented non-citizens who could be subject to removal have been contributing members of our communities for years, Mayorkas said. They include individuals who work on the front lines in the battles against COVID, lead our congregations of faith, teach our children, and do backbreaking farm work to help deliver food to our table and contribute in many other meaningful ways. The fact that an individual is a removable non-citizen, therefore would not be alone, would should not alone be the basis of an enforcement action against them, he continued. We will use our discretion and focus our enforcement resources in a more targeted way. Folks, that is fancy talk for open borders. And that, no, that's not fancy talk for open borders. And that that's, is, that, that that's is trying the, to use a policy of humanity. That's, that's what that, that is. That is fancy talk for open borders. And that is the memo which supervisors will use in Homeland Security in evaluating the performance uh, of the employees of the Department of uh, Homeland Security. Now, if you are an age, you know, this is what I saw in the Obama administration. Uh, employees were downgraded or even uh, subject to disciplinary enforcement for uh, removing a non-citizen. And that's what's going on now. In the last four years, the Obama administration, you know, I got an ICE agent. My secretary got an ICE agent on the phone. This is when I was an assistant United States attorney. I mean, on the phone at the at home or at the golf course. They were not in the office. They were severely demoralized. There have been a number of stories out recently about uh, where the agents who are able to speak up uh, are speaking up. Uh, most of them can't, but the, see the ones who are in the in a union, the union head can speak up. His speech is protected. Uh, yeah, why don't the Republicans and the Democrats get... We realize the system is not perfect, and it'll never be perfect, but why don't the Republicans and the Democrats just sit down and hash out what needs to be done? I know they're they're uh, getting most of the immigrants that come across illegally, but they're not getting all of them, and I don't think we have a system that's going to get all of them. So why don't they just sit down, instead of whining like you whine and all the Republicans whine about the broken borders... Why don't they sit down and come to a compromise to solve the problem? That's what's going to change things, not just complaining all the time. Well, uh, Miss York, you, um, uh, you know, I, I pro- Trump proposed a compromise, and Democrats rejected it. I've proposed it to you on these airwaves, and you've rejected it every time. Well, we don't have the power to make any changes in, in the in the and, immigration policy. Your your representatives, your congressmen and your senators they're the ones that have to sit down and come to agreement and get it passed and get it to the president's desk but nobody wants to sit down and do it they just want to use that as leverage against the administration that's all mr york trump proposed that uh we give uh a, a pathway to citizenship to every illegal who is presently in the country and and that would be what the democrats would get 
and in exchange, the wall would be built and the border sealed. Nobody uh, wants to build a wall, and that's not going. That's not okay. nothing. Man builds is going to stop Ms. everything. Ms. York, that is that is a reasonable compromise, and um, that, that's not a reasonable compromise. You're going to put Ms. a York, wall across it, the southern border, and, and you a, can't stop drugs from coming in in Florida. And representing for your party, uh, you have consistently refused to budge an inch on any issue. Well, I'm not going to budge on a. Uh, on, a, on an idea, all that money that they're billing a wall can be used well, to help Americans I, who, name, so, who so are poor in this country. Border? Name one other issue that you have uh, agreed to to uh, move uh, an inch to the right. You you name one that give me a suggestion and let's see if we can talk about it. You know, billing a wall is not done solving this, anything. We've done this over and over and over, and I've I've. You know, I've, anyway, it's Mexico's land that we got. Yeah, I mean, oh Lord, oh Lord, <laughs> oh my goodness, what? That's the Communist Manifesto. That's not a Communist Manifesto. That's just the reality of how this country was developed. Carrie, you trying I, to I say just, something? Well, I was just giving it the thumbs down. Like, I just, I don't. I, what was the last thing you just said, Mr. York? I think that it's Mexico's land. Okay, I just am really having trouble processing that. Yeah, I know. We have a problem with history in this country, you know? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Look, I mean, welcome to America. Be an American. But there is a process. Just go through the process. Go through the process. That's what I'm telling Dell. We need to go through the process of sitting down and come to a compromise. The congressman, not us. We can't solve anything. I mean, mean, hello, come on in. Just come on. You have consistently refused to compromise on any issue. That okay, we talk but about. why are we so dead set on stopping people oh, who are leaving countries that are war torn, but we don't have a problem bringing a hundred thousand Ukrainians over here? What What's the problem? I don't know, but this just in. I don't know. Let's see who this was in. Uh, Brock COVID. Yeah, let's see. Broccoli. Yep, here we go. This just in, folks. Broccoli and raspberries could give you COVID. Health experts warn. Yeah, that's CNN and MSNBC. You must, you must, must have got that from the Daily Caller or something. Oh uh, boy, anybody uh, that's focusing broccoli on that, and carrots to... can give you Ooh. broccoli and raspberries can give you COVID. Uh, and then this other woman who worked for MSNBC said she was fired because she was uh, black. Let me see if I can find. Uh, what she said oh she said we should get rid of the uh we should uh, we should hit she wanted to give away florida i'm not sure who to whom but uh she said look at the map it looks like the di blank k of the united states <laughs> and she's saying she was fired because of racism oh my tiffany cross she's disgruntled any employee that gets fired gonna be disgruntled so you know that's the way it goes that's that's what happens in america <laughs> 